if your doctor is not asking what does your poop look like, then you need to listen to my guest today. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran. Welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. The revolution is on, and I'm so glad that you're a part of it. You're going to love my guest today. I learned about her when she invited me to be on her podcast called What's Up Down There? And Lori is so down to earth, and frankly, she's very frank. So she says things very plainly, says what's on her mind. And that's what her podcast is all about. So if you like plain talk, you definitely want to go listen to her podcast. I had a lot of fun doing it. She talks about, like I said in the teaser, what does your poop like is what your doctor should be asking. When's the last time a doctor asked you that? Right? Never. We never ask that. Well, let me say most doctors never ask that. The functional ones who know that your poop is vital, they're going to ask you what it looks like. What's the color? What's the consistency? What's the shape? We're also going to know what time do you have it? How many do you have? And we're going to tell you, you know, God made you to poop every time you eat. It's called the gastrocolic reflex. I talk about this in one of my Her Brilliant Health secret videos on YouTube for about coffee animals. You definitely want to watch that. So that's normal. Normal is you eat, you poop, you eat, you poop. If you're not doing that, you're not normal. Now, your regular doctor is going to tell you you're fine. I see women all the time who come in and say, oh, yeah, I've been pooping twice a week for years and no doctor's ever said anything to me about it. So this doctor is saying something to you about it. And Lori's going to say something to you about it. We're going to get all talking about poop today. And that's vital for your health. If you're thinking, ew, I don't want to hear about poop, mm-mm. Can't get to brilliant health without talking about poops. Just not going to happen. Not going to happen. That's a fantasy. So stay tuned and listen, because we're really going to give you some important information about what your poop needs to be doing. And if it's not doing what you need to do about it. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Lori, and then we will get right into it. Lori Seely is a functional medicine health coach who suffered for years with irritable bowel syndrome, and candida overgrowth, and all the horrible, embarrassing symptoms that came along with it. With the help from her health coach and the School of Applied Functional Medicine, Laurie learned how to kill candida and heal her gut. She is now a health detective and shares frankly on her What's Up Down There podcast, how to know exactly what's going on down there and how to properly assess your poop, repair the gut and get rid of candida. Excited to have Lori. She has a wonderful journey that I want her to share with you because it really is an example of when your pain becomes your purpose. So how are you doing today, Lori? Oh, so great. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was a little sleepy earlier, but I'm doing just 
fabulously. Thank you so much. Great, good. And you are a former opera singer. We were just talking about that. I have a good friend I went to grade school with who is an opera singer, was, she's retired now. And you were talking about your journey of how you went from being an opera singer to being a functional medicine health coach. How did that happen? Yeah, well, you know, it happened sort of gradually and they did overlap. So For years, I had IBS. Like the people at the Lyric Opera of Chicago will attest to it. They couldn't get out of the fart cloud on stage, the poor people. Oh no. I know. It's, I mean, it, people with other people with IBS will understand how this happens because normal people, quote, normal people, they're like, can't you just hold that in? And there was like me and one other guy in the chorus with this problem. And we're like, no, you don't understand. I am trying to hold it in. It's impossible. I apologize. I'm so sorry. And then we're on stage with a hundred other people. And, you know, it's like, and we're like all in this like clump together anyway. So for years I'd had IBS and then it sort of turned into a candida overgrowth because of so many of the things that I was just doing to my body that I didn't know at the time were bad and would, you know, hurt me for years to come. So that's like antibiotics, oral birth control, steroids when I would get sick sometimes because I always like, well, I had to sing. And so I couldn't be sick. And so, of course, I'm not going to let my body heal itself on its own. I have to go to the doctor and get antibiotics. And when that, when that doesn't work, when it gets worse, then I go to steroids and just killing your gut microbiome, like literally killing it. So because of all that stuff, it all grew into this chronic yeast overgrowth. And I didn't even know that it was a chronic yeast overgrowth at the time. Like if you're getting three to six yeast infections per year, that's chronic. That's chronic yeast infections. And I did not know that. You probably know that. My doctors didn't tell me that. They weren't asking me questions. Because that's not what they're interested in. They're just interested in what do they need to do for you to make you better right now? And I think it's important for everybody listening. Listen up. You think you need an antibiotic. You think you need a steroid. You think this is the answer to make you better because you think you can't call in sick to your job or take the time to really heal. But what Lori's demonstrating is what we're dealing with in America. If we're eating a standard American diet, which is an SAD diet, SAD diet, which is high in carbs, and you're taking antibiotics and you're taking steroids, even one course of antibiotics can knock out your normal microbiome in your gut for two years. You are setting yourself up to foster candida, which is yeast in your gut. And I always like to say, if you're getting vaginal yeast infections, let me tell you, the yeast live in the gastrointestinal tract that's their home, and they go on vacation in the vagina. So yeah. if you have yeast vacationing in your vagina, <laughs> then you've got a chronic yeast problem. So when you take the Diflucan or you use the nice statin cream, that only gets them back from vacation, but they're still at home in your gut, and they're living there, and they're causing inflammation, which is wrecking your health. And I'm already on my soapbox, and we're just into it. <laughs> but I get so upset because, like, I want to take every woman and just shake her and go, wake up, wake up, wake up. Look what you're doing. I wish that I had met someone like you like 12 years ago 
it would have saved me so much pain and heartache and wrong direction turns, you know, because I just kind of went further and further down that wormhole of Diflucan and Nystatin and all those things that were honestly, yeah, they were sending them back home from vacation. That's all that was happening. You can't kill. And this is the same thing with like, if you have some sort of a bacterial infection in your lungs or your bronchioles or whatever, you take that antibiotic and it's not going to kill every last bug in your system. It's not possible to do that. It's going to kill most of your gut bacteria, which is killing your immune system. And then it's going to kill almost all of the bacteria that's making you sick with your cold, whatever you have, your chest cold or whatever. And then a couple months from then, you get sick again, don't you? Or a year later. Like, how many people do you know that say, I get the same bronchial infection every year and I know exactly what to do for it. I get a Z pack and then I'm fine. (laughs) Bullshit. Bullshit. You're not killing it all. It's coming back the following year, stronger than it was before. And you know that the, you know, three years from now, that Z pack isn't going to work for you anymore. And you're going to need something even stronger, right? And then you think you need a steroid. And then you tell the doctor, I need antibiotic and steroid. Yes, exactly. And that's what I was doing. And it was just making everything worse. Then I had more and more allergies. And more and more seasonal allergies. Everything was inflamed. My whole immune system was overreacting. And then I was going to say long story short, but that's not true. Long story long. (laughs) (laughs) I finally, I was researching for years, what is this yeast thing going on, right? And I always found candida. That was always the answer. Whatever I found online, candida. And then I researched, what do you do to treat candida? And that just looked so scary and so difficult that I kept pushing it off. I was like, no, that can't be it. (laughs) I'm not going to go through that because, no, it has to be something else. It can't be that bad. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. I did that for Uh, years. It just, it had to be, my pain had to be so bad. And this is what you were saying before. Like, my pain had to be so, so bad that I just, there was nothing else I could do but just grab it by the balls and take care of it, right? So it kind of came to this pimple popping point when (laughs) my daughter was, (laughs) yes, my daughter was four years old and we traveled as a family to Disney in Florida and I had a yeast infection, a raging yeast infection the entire time. We were at Disney for a whole week. Miserable. Yes. And my doctor, I called my doctor to ask for Diflucan, of course. She wouldn't give it to me because she wanted to see me. So here I am. And that's like, I'm not saying she should (laughs) have. That's responsible. But anyway, I was like stuck here at Disney with an itch I couldn't scratch (laughs) up inside me. And it was horrendous. And so I, all my lovely memories of my first time at Disney and my daughter's first time at Disney are kind of connected to this raging yeast infection. And then after that, I got this other sort of like, they would give me a Diflucan like prophylactically once a month for six months because it would always come before my period. And then that kept it away for six months. But then after six months, it came back like 
a raging bull again. Then I had a yeast infection every day for a year. And that was when I finally was like, okay, it's a candida overgrowth. What do I need to do? You're not alone in that. And I just know everybody listening, I, I see people all the time. And when they hear what I do, we treat root cause, root cause resolution, and you get better and you heal and create vitality. They're like, yeah, yeah, I want that. But not if you're going to tell me I can't eat gluten and dairy. <laughs> and it's the same kind of thing. Like as long as I don't have to deal with candida and do what I need to do to get rid of it, because part of it is eating low carb. And so what was your journey that that finally you said, yes, sounds like, and you went on the journey? Well, that's what happened. I went on the journey. I just started, I, I became obsessed with researching about candida online just to see what it was that I had to do. And I started eating no sugar, right? Just no, nothing at all that would digest in my body like sugar and raise my blood glucose. So I went for a few years without alcohol, without any sort of, and a lot of these things are still out of my diet, mind you, because I found that I felt so good eating that way. Right. That it was, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it opened up a whole new world. But at the time I was devastated, you know, I was like, okay, no. Okay. So I would only eat meat and vegetables basically. And a couple strawberries or raspberries every day. And that, that was it. That was my diet for a couple of years. And it wasn't only the diet that did it though. You ha it's like three pronged, right? You have to stop feeding it, right? Because it loves carbs. Right. Yeah, it loves sugar. We say carbs, it's sugar. Yeah. It loves sugar. You have to then kill it with natural antifungals because it's it's a fungus, not a bacteria, right? Fungus. And then you have to repopulate the gut. So I always, I tell my clients, now that you have taken Candida's mansion away from it, or no, you've, you vacated, you vacated the mansion. Now you've got this big empty mansion. And if you don't fill it up, if you don't like move the bacteria back into their home, Candida is just going to like repopulate and spread out because that's all they want to do. Candida has been around longer than we have and they have survived they are scrappy <laughs> yeah they're very hardy little organisms and um yes yeah you've got to kill them but then the, the problem is that when you do start killing them they secrete toxins that can make you feel awful and so a lot of people back off True. as the yeast start to die and they don't go all the way so it's kind of like you've got to commit to it and go through it and then, you know, a lot of the things I find that people I work with, they say, I don't want to give up a gluten and dairy, and they don't want to give up alcohol either. And mm -hmm. then they do for a while, and they say, oh, my gosh, I feel so good without it. I don't even want it. And so you discovered you had the yeast, you started treating it, and then what happened? I got so much better. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, so much better. And then people started talking to me about, like, why don't you help other people do this? Because it's all I could talk about. You know, I was obsessed. And at the time I was sort of, okay, you can't, I was an opera singer. You can't sing forever. Okay. And I was like, I was in my late thirties, early forties. And I wanted to exit that job while I still had a voice and while I was still useful there. And before they were kind of looking at me to, you know, as, you know, why are you still here? <laughs> I didn't want to be just a warm body on the stage anymore. You didn't want to be that girl. So I knew that I had to start a new career mm -hmm. and I wanted to start a new career while I was still young enough to start a new career. So I found that I was so passionate about this and I really didn't give a shit about the real estate thing. I decided, 
I'm going to become a health coach. Then I got certified as a health coach. And then I went to study functional medicine because I really found that my naked health coach certification wasn't enough for me. It kind of taught me about all the different diets that people can use and ways to eat vegetarian, vegan, keto, all these things. I learned about that. And then I went into functional medicine and I really learned applied functional medicine and gut health and kind of got into that, that like dirty poop part of it. (laughs) That's so like fascinating to me. (laughs) I've always been fascinated with those things too. And now we can help people with our fascination. You know, like my friends that used to say to me when I practiced GYN, you know, thank God somebody does it. So now you suffered with IBS, you suffered with candida, and you also had a heavy metal issue, which a lot of people with candida too. And so you help people with that. So talk about why heavy metal's a big part of that. A lot of times your body will hold onto candida because you have a heavy metals issue. And we get heavy metals from, you know, and people my age will have a heavy metals issue because they've got mercury fillings that they had all their lives, right? And thank God there are no dentists, to my knowledge, actually inserting heavy mercury fillings into people's heads anymore. But the thing is, when you chew... Yes, the American Dental Association has not stopped that. They refuse to say that it's a problem, and probably the majority of dentists still use mercury fillings. So everyone's aware, do not accept mercury fillings. No, the kind that you want to go for are called composite fillings. And they are white in color. You can't really see them in your teeth. That's what you want. Actually, I highly recommend going to a holistic dentist because then if you have any mercury fillings that you would like to remove, they will remove them safely. So you chew on that on those mercury fillings every day, they're off-gassing. You have no idea how strong your jaw is. And I grind my teeth at night too. So that's all going into your body. So your body sees all this mercury in your blood and in your tissues and can recognize that it's a foreign invader and uses candida as an insulator to protect you from the heavy metals, which are far more dangerous to your tissues than the heavy metals right? The metal. The metals are far more dangerous to your tissues than the candida. It's the lesser of two evils. Highly toxic, right? So we're inundated in our environment with heavy metals. We have lead in our environment from when we had leaded gasoline. It's in our soil. It's in our food, our plants that we eat. It's in our water. We have mercury from fillings. There's arsenic that's in treated lumber. We have cadmium, chromium, copper, nickel. We have all kinds of heavy metals. They're very toxic because they're very large and they carry big charges. And so they get in our body and your body has to do something to deal with these metals. So like for lead, for instance, it will put it in bone, but that means it weakens your bone. Mm -hmm. Mercury, because it's coming out of the fillings, it actually has a vapor. Even when you don't chew, it's being vaporized. But when you chew, you put pressure on these soft fillings and you vaporize it even more. And then that goes down your GI tract and the metal is throughout your GI tract. And so your body says mercury is a bigger problem than candida. So it tries to put the candida between the mercury and your body to protect your body. And so how did you realize that you had this problem? I think uh, it was one of the doctors that I was seeing helped me figure this out. 
And then I went ahead and I did a heavy metals detox. Oh no, I learned it in school. That's what it was. My have my functional medicine school, applied functional medicine. There was a, a class, actually a heavy metals toxicity class, where I learned about the relationship between candida and heavy metals. And then the light bulb went on. Oh, that's my problem. And I went ahead and I did the protocol that I learned in class, which worked like a charm, but you kind of have to go back and forth. So I did a little bit of heavy metals cleansing that freed some candida. Then I cleansed the candida. Then I did some more heavy metals cleansing, which freed more candida. Then I cleanse the candida. You kind of can't do it all at once. It's like peeling an onion. You have to go back and forth and see what you can tolerate in one area and how far you can get. And especially with the mm -hmm. heavy metals, they can it can be really hard on the body, the agents that we use to chelate, whether they're natural or pharmaceutical. And um, you can only tolerate so much. <laughs> and then you right. have to kind of revisit. I have my own chelation journey and candida journey. And so we each have stories to tell. And you listening, if you go on a Canada journey, you will have stories to tell, just like with any journey. When you go to Disney World, you know, come <laughs> back with stories to tell. We'll be right back after a short break. Hey, it's Dr. Kieran, and I have an invitation for you. I know you love the podcast because you're all about Her Brilliant Health Revolution, but did you know that I also have a YouTube channel where you'll learn her brilliant health secrets, things you won't find in your doctor's office. There, I'll share videos with you each week talking about a different tool that you can use to heal, lose weight, increase your energy, and move your health in the right direction towards the brilliant health that you deserve. Find me at youtube.com forward slash Kieran Dunstan, MD. That's K Y. R-I-N-D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D. I'll see you there. Welcome back. And so what are some of the most important agents that you or topics that you help people with? I know you do one-on-one -on -one coaching, you do group coaching, and you help people. So what kind of symptoms would people be having who would self-identify who might benefit from what you teach? So they would be having like just general symptoms of inflammation that are caused by IBS and candida. And it is very difficult to distinguish what's causing it because the inflammation is the same right? So you've got headaches, you've got general brain fog, fatigue, joint pain, muscle pain, indigestion, reflux, constipation, diarrhea, frequently alternating, bloating after meals, unexplained weight gain. And a lot of times these people have like a low thyroid, which I'm not sure if that's a cause or an effect, right? And depression, depression is caused by inflammation sometimes as well. Mood issues like ups and downs and unexplained like crying jags. <laughs> so those sorts of things that are just like general inflammation in the body, right? And so a lot of my clients, they'll come to me with like they think they have candida and then it turns out after we do a stool test, oh, you don't actually have 
candida, at least it doesn't say, like the stool test indicates no candida growth, but you have absolutely no lactobacillus in your body. And it's having exactly the same results in your body that a candida overgrowth would have. So it looks, so like the symptoms are the same. So I always say, if you want to do something about this, you should really get tested because you want to be sure if you're fighting candida, if you're going to go on a diet that's that restrictive, you really want to know that you're fighting the right thing. Yeah, that's for sure. Tests don't guess because there are lots of problems at a root cause level that can cause all of those symptoms. Mm -hmm. So you definitely want to make sure that you're just dealing with candida. I've seen people with parasites. One woman comes to mind who was actually a physician I treated a few years back. And um, she had a lot of those symptoms. Her memory just wasn't what it should be. And um, she was getting headaches and she had irritable bowel picture and she had three different parasites on her stool test. So you've got to test and see what you're dealing with. And then once you identify it, then you go about treating it in a specific way. So what are some other considerations or tests that you might recommend that people have? So for candida, I would do just a stool test. That's a comprehensive stool test that you would want to do over the, over a period of three days because you also want to be testing for parasites and spores, right? And oh, I didn't mention before for the candida, some other, the symptoms are sinus infections, chronic. Oh, yes. And also chronic yeast infections because the yeast likes to go on vacation anywhere that's wet and warm. So it'll <laughs> yes. hang out. I do too. (laughs) Yes, so do I. Why do you think I moved to Florida? Right. So it'll hang out in your brain, in your sinuses, and in your reproductive area, anywhere that's wet and warm. Yeah, I do want to comment about the sinus issue because a lot of people don't realize this, and I think it's very important, that chronic sinus infections and inflammation and post-nasal drip, if you've got that, you pretty much know you have a candida issue. And so what most people don't realize is that embryologically, when you're forming as a fetus, your lining to your gastrointestinal tract is the same as the lining to your sinuses. So essentially your gut extends up into your sinuses because it's all lined by the same tissue. And so just like the candida like the gut lining because it's just very nourishing and moist and dark and they love that. They love it in your sinuses too. This was really driven home for me when I was a resident many years ago, back when AIDS, people were really sick from it. And in the hospital frequently, we had a lot of AIDS patients and they would get these horrible febrile illnesses from candida overgrowth in the sinuses. And we actually had to do a sinus puncture to put a huge needle into people's sinuses and pull out fluid to see what was growing in there. Whoa. And it was so traumatic to have to do this to people. Imagine, you know, this kind of six centimeter needle going into your face, into your frontal sinuses to and maxillary sinuses to get out this fluid. But I want everyone to understand that because if you have chronic sinus infections or inflammation, even if you don't have IBS or bowel symptoms, you could still have a candida problem. And I think it's important to know that. Mm-hmm. When a lot of people have the symptoms, the IBS symptoms, and they just, it's become so normal that yep. they don't realize that they're experiencing that. You know, mm-hmm. there was a woman who was a patient of my chiropractor. She was talking about, being bloated or something. And the chiropractor asked her, 
oh, really? How's your, how's your poop? She's like, well, it's fine. It's fine. And then after he left, I said, what does your poop look like? How often do you poop? And she said, well, it's usually hard and dry. And the last time I pooped was 10 days ago. <laughs> you got to ask the right yes. question. And she thinks she's normal. Right. The last time she pooped was 10 days ago. Talk about your Bristol stool chart. I know they can't see it because we're doing audio only. <laughs> Behind me. But I, most people aren't familiar with that. And they, they've been constipated their whole life. So they think it's normal and had dry, hard pellets. So talk about what is the Bristol stool chart and how do people assess if their poop is normal or not? Mm -hmm. The Bristol stool chart, you can look it up online. Just Google that. And so it goes from one to seven, all the different types of poo. Number four looks like a nice sausage and it's soft, easy to push out. Don't even really have to push it. I just have to allow it out. And it doesn't smell very much. And it's light brown in color. And it's really like that's Nirvana poo, right? And then it goes down to number one. Number one is the hard, dry little pellets. What Lori had for the first 39 years of her life and had no idea she was constipated. That was me. And then number seven is just brown water, basically. So you're like peeing out your butthole. The numbers in between are variations on those. And I would recommend everybody, just from curiosity, look up the Br Bristol stool chart and see what does your poop usually look like on that chart. And then you'll know if it's usually four, then you're probably good. Unless, of course, you require coffee to have a bowel movement. If you require coffee to have a bowel movement, this whole thing is artificial and we don't know what your poop is like. That's an excellent point because I talk to a lot of people who I say, well, you know, how many times you have a bowel movement a day? They'll say, oh, you know, every morning. Okay. And then we get down to it, brass tacks. And it's, if you don't have coffee, you won't poop. That's constipation. Yes. And so I find that we really do become accustomed to what I call our new norm, quote unquote. And things go on so long with our health that we just come to assume they're normal or we find ways to bypass that symptom, such as the drinking coffee every morning because we're constipated. Right, or we take those laxatives, right? Fiber laxatives with synthetic poop pushers in them. Right. So I love that Nirvana poo. And, you know, there used to be a show on TV. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a woman. Um, she would come into the house. She would inspect everybody's poop. She would actually have them poop in a plastic <laughs> dish. I want to say it was a British show. I love those That's kinds hilarious. of shows. And she would have everyone poop in a plastic container, and then she would put it all out on the kitchen counter, and she would go and then analyze everybody's poop and talk about it. And so, you know, she did a really good service because most people don't know what normal is. And so she would talk about the color, the consistency, the cohesiveness of the poop, the smell, odor of the poop. Was there undigested particulate food in there? And, you know, from that, how I would describe to patients that what they're going for is you want a nice big Nike swoosh. Yeah. That's all one piece and doesn't have flecks of food in it and it doesn't smell to hell. You know, you want something, you know, you know, it's poop, but it really shouldn't have a foul odor. Right. And that's what you're going for. Because if it has that swish and it's long, then you know that you're evacuating the lower part of the colon, which is what you want to do because everything that you eat 
you have to excrete and you should excrete it within 24 hours, preferably if not 36. And your body's actually made to poop every time you eat. You have something called the gastrocolic reflex. So gastro stomach. When your stomach fills, your colon should empty and you should poop. Every meal, God made you to poop. Eat poop, eat poop, eat poop. That's what you should be doing. Like a baby. Like a baby. So if you're not doing that, something's wrong. You made me think of antacids just now. Yeah, let's talk about that. Because in order to have this kind of nirvana poo, you have to have good, strong stomach acid. And a lot of people think that when they are burping up what they just ate, that they have reflux. They do have reflux usually, but they think it's because they have too much stomach acid. And that is 99% of the time, not the case. It's actually the opposite issue, not enough stomach acid, right? Because when we eat, we trigger our stomach to produce, well, it's not the stomach that produces acid, right? Yeah. We trigger the stomach to produce that acid And then that starts the digestive process or continues what we started in our mouth, right? So when you have good, strong stomach acid, you're going to be excreting vitamin B from what you're eating. You're going to be really digesting the fats up good with enough stomach acid and bile. Now, if you don't have enough stomach acid, you're not going to be digesting your food well. Also, you're not going to have that trigger to close the valve between your esophagus and your stomach because that's what triggers that valve to close. So if you have low stomach acid and your body is digesting, you're churning that food inside your stomach, you're splashing up what stomach acid you do have into the bottom of your esophagus, and that's what you feel, that's the reflux. And it's because you don't have enough stomach acid to close that valve. Right, and also your stomach doesn't empty as quickly when you don't have enough acid. Yeah, it's the pyloric cells in the stomach that create the acid. Your pH in your stomach should be about two, which is enough acid to burn through probably a countertop. It's a lot of acid and you really break down your food substantially in your stomach. The first part of breaking down your food is mastication, chewing your food and salivary amylase, which starts breaking it down. And then in the stomach, your acid and the churning, your stomach's a big muscle. It has muscle fibers going in all directions. And the acid, these really break down the protein bonds so that the pancreatic enzymes can act on it. But I think what Lori's saying is revolutionary, so I want to reiterate it. (laughs) One of the number one prescribed medications in the world, Prilosec, Prozac, I'm sorry, not Prozac, Prilosec, Zantac, right? These H2 blockers that decrease your stomach acid and people are told they have too much stomach acid, that's the problem. But what Lori just told you is the absolute truth. You don't have too much stomach acid, you have not enough stomach acid. We have start decreasing our stomach acid production around the age of 30. By 70, most of us have none, which means we're not breaking down our food, which is one of the reasons why we have so many health problems, because undigested food is getting into our gastrointestinal tract. It feeds abnormal bugs like candida and parasites and bacteria. It putrefies. Mm-hmm. And then we can't extract the nutrition from it. So if you're on an H2 blocker, don't just go home and stop it. You definitely want to address 
the low stomach acid and digestive enzymes with acid in them are good. And the first thing you want to do is chew your food till it's a liquid. But this will, if you did this alone and got off your H2 blockers and replaced your stomach acid, you could probably fix a huge portion of your IBS or other health problems that you're having. So I think that's revolutionary. You do want to be careful about replacing acid in your stomach though. I sort of, on a doctor's recommendation, started taking HCL, hydrochloric acid tablets, not tablets, capsules. And I can remember standing on stage with this burning in my stomach after like after a break where I would normally have, you know, dinner or whatever, then I was standing there with this burning in my stomach. I knew exactly where my stomach was because I had taken some HCL with my dinner. And so it can be very like, it's what I needed, but it was super uncomfortable. So you definitely like, you want to do that and you want, you need to work up to it. Right. So like apple cider vinegar before meals is a better way of doing it because then you're going to trigger your stomach to naturally produce the acid rather than just like giving it to it. Right. So it's making your body work the way that it's meant to work rather than just giving yourself Band-Aid in the form of a supplement. Yeah. If you're going to replace it, you need to do it under direction so you know what to do, so you're not standing on stage with burning in your stomach. You can. (laughs) I've overdosed myself on that too, and it is not pleasant because it will come up in your throat. And it feels awful. So you can start with something like apple cider vinegar, which it's really kind of, it's kind of a panacea, apple cider vinegar. <laughs> I kind of love apple cider vinegar. So what else do you think is important for people to understand? We've talked about normal poop and bowel function. We're talking about stomach acid. What are some of the other keys um, that you help people understand when it comes to dealing with IBS, candida, and metals. So a lot of people have food intolerances or food sensitivities because of the IBS, right? So a lot of times when we have IBS, it's caused by a pathogen, a foreign invader in our gut, right? And that foreign invader could be something as simple as gluten because gluten tears away the lining of our gut, or it could be just because we were taking too many NSAIDs or antibiotics but sometimes we take those things and then we ingest a pathogen and it's allowed to proliferate in there because we've killed all of our healthy bacteria, right? And then that further degenerates the lining of our gut. And so that causes leaky gut, right? Gastrointestinal permeability. And then what happens is we get undigested pieces of food that leak out of our gut and into our bloodstream, then our body sees that undigested food as a foreign invader and creates more inflammation around that food because it's it's fighting it like it's a germ, right? Yeah. And so that's what food intolerances are. So a lot of people think, okay, so I have a food intolerance, I have to stop eating that food. Okay, that's only part of the story. And you don't have to stop eating that food forever either. Food intolerances don't have to be a life sentence. We do want to stay away from wheat and dairy because of the way that we grow it in this country is kind of horrific and it's not how it's meant to be. However, there are a lot of things that people get sensitive to like broccoli or like strawberries 
or just like food that is naturally nourishing to us, but they eat so much of it and it leaks out and our bodies attack it. And then the next time it sees a strawberry, it attacks it again. The next time it sees it, it attacks it again. And then we think we're allergic or we think we have a sensitivity to that. So what we do is we remove the things that we're sensitive to, as well as figuring out exactly what caused the leaky gut, right? So this is another time when I say you need to do a stool test. So we figure out what that pathogen is and we remove the pathogen so that we can heal the gut. At the same time, we remove the food that we're sensitive to so that we don't induce undue inflammation in the body while we're trying to heal, right? And then we heal the gut. And then after a number of months, a lot of times it's completely safe to reintroduce that food and our body has forgotten that it's used to see it as a pathogen because now it sees, oh, that's a strawberry and it's digested and it's not a big chunk of strawberry that's just floating in my blood. And and then it'll digest it and be happy with it. So that's how we sort of, you know, get rid of the food intolerances. But it has to be in that order. Remove the food, remove the pathogen, heal and seal the gut, and then reintroduce the food, and now you can eat stuff again. Right. I think it's so important for everybody to understand that. And they'll say, well, I don't have any reaction to strawberries. And what they don't understand is that most likely these reactions are what we call masked. You don't realize you have them because you're eating different foods that you're sensitive to all the time along with all the other foods. And so you just know that you get migraines frequently or you just always feel tired and achy or you have psoriasis or irritable bowel and you don't really associate it with any one food. And again, I'm I'm a proponent of tests. Don't guess. I'm sure you are too, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. To find out the foods and get rid of them. There is so much to what I call gut rehab. <laughs> There's so many steps, but I think you outlined it beautifully. Beautifully. You do have to remove the foods you're sensitive to, the pathogenic organisms. You've got to heal and seal the gut, and then you have to replenish whatever you're missing. And it is a process. Health is a journey, not a destination. So you want to have someone who can really help guide you and mentor you on the journey. And Lori does that as a functional medicine health coach. So I encourage you to check out more information that Lori has online available. Tell them how they can find out more. And I know that you had a gift you wanted to offer them. Tell them how they can find that. Right. So I have a checklist, seven steps to kill candida. And so if you think you're a candidate for that, go ahead and download that from my website. Uh, my website is lauriseely.com. And there are numerous places on there where you can set up a one-on-one with me that's free that we can talk to each other and see if we're a good fit to work together as well. Awesome. And we will put a link to Lori's website in the show notes as well as a link to that free download. And I do want to ask you just a few things. What's your number one health practice that you cannot live without? Sleep. Sleep, yes. (laughs) is the absolute number one most important thing in my life. I prioritize sleep above all else. And my body will get up at six o'clock in the morning. There's no way around it. I don't go to bed at midnight and think, oh, I'm going to sleep in. That doesn't happen. I go to bed at midnight, I get up at six and I'm, and I'm shit for the next entire day. Okay. So, <laughs> so mama has to be in bed by 10. Okay. Every night. Vitamin S, I love it. Yes. And what is your superpower? My superpower, I think my superpower is that I can get people to talk about their poop. 
I always can. <laughs> I love <And> that. <laughs> it's so useful for me too, you know, and it's been like since before I was even a health coach, people are just comfortable with me that they can talk about this stuff that would normally embarrass them to no end. But they're like, you're always talking about it. You're not embarrassed. So I guess, you know, can you help me? <laughs> You know, I just had this idea, like anybody who wants us to look at their poop can take a picture and post it on the Facebook and we will comment on it. Although you might not want your name associated with it, but we could do it. (laughs) We could. And lastly, the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Revolution. What does Her Brilliant Health mean to you? I think people don't realize that the body is meant to and wants to be vibrant and feeling wonderful every single day. And that I feel like is brilliant health because your body is not made to have frequent migraines or be fatigued all the time and have these aches and pains. It's meant to feel wonderful and be flexible and strong and awake and, you know, not moody and in a wonderful, good mood. And so exactly dancing, right? Right. That's our natural. That's our norm. You know, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, they, they're like, oh, I'm just getting old. I'm going to be fat and tired now. That's not the case. That's not how your body wants to be. Your body wants to be happy and vibrant. Yes. To me, that's. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. Hopefully you've gotten some information here that speaks to you. Maybe you'll take action on some of the tips we've taken looking at your stomach acid or really look at your poop when you, after you go to the bathroom, you know that you do. We all do. Studies prove, have proven that everybody does. Right. And skip the coffee for a couple of days. Yeah, what it, means, so what it means about us. So thank you so much for joining us, Laurie. We very much appreciate everything that you shared. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.